This is Project Keto. I'm your host, Madeline Evergreen. This podcast is a result of my lifelong experience searching for the answers to my health struggles. I'm here to teach you the how-tos, practical tips, and tactics to eating a ketogenic diet. No more deprivation or confusion when it comes to your amazing body. Let's jump right into today's episode. Hi friends, I am so excited about today's episode because I am interviewing Rebecca Farmer. She is a woman who I've been admiring on Instagram for a long time. I've heard her talk on multiple different podcasts and videos and I'm just so inspired by her. We start out the podcast with Rebecca sharing her story, her personal journey from going from multiple chronic illnesses, kind of a whole childhood, teenager upbringing of having one health problem after another, after another, after another, and then getting to this point now where she is thriving, she's doing so well, she's so healthy, she feels amazing, she looks amazing, and we all have a lot to learn from Rebecca. Also, she shares so much more than just her personal journey. She is going to be sharing tips on what to do if you've been doing a ketogenic diet and you still have health problems, how to fix bloating even if you're doing carnivore, suggestions for lots of other ways to enhance our health, and tons of motivation for us to keep pursuing our best lives even when things get hard. So buckle up today. I'm just so excited for you to hear this episode and we are going to jump right in. Hi, Rebecca. Welcome to Project Keto Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and um, excited to get to know you as well. Yeah, this is our first time talking and um, I've been following you on Instagram for a while now and I've heard you on a couple of other podcasts and I'm super just fascinated by your story. Um, You and I have a lot of similarities, different types of histories, but similar um, in that both of us have really struggled a lot to get where we are with our health. And it sounds like you've really gotten there um, by using a keto diet and maybe a carnivore diet. So I would just love it if you could tell us your whole background and story, I think my listeners would really benefit from hearing where you came from, what you've done to get where you are now. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you for the opportunity again. Um, I am now 29 years old, and I was diagnosed with osteoporosis in the sixth grade. Um, So I was really young at that point. So malnutrition, I believe, has been a problem even before I damaged my gut. Um, But growing up, I was always getting sick. And um, even before the osteoporosis, I had asthma. Um, And my health issues just continued to get worse and worse. I was always in the doctor, prescribed antibiotics, um, just always getting sick. I... (laughs) I was always having to sit out even during recess because I did not, I didn't um, have the capacity. Like my face would flush super red and they'd be like, you just can't, you can't run around. (laughs) Um, And, and then in seventh grade, I ran into severe mood disorders, Um, ADHD, 
OCD, insomnia, depression, and narcolepsy, and major anxiety. And these were not just diagnoses. These were real problems. Um, they, they were pretty much just ruling my life. The OCD, I felt like it was just like a prison. For anyone who has dealt with that, um, I'm sure you understand. It's like you, you can't stop. It's like a train. It's like a train going on in your, in your brain all the time. Um, so I was prescribed medications. At that time, I was prescribed Adderall, clonazepam, which is a benzopidine, and Ambien. And I was told to take those for 13 years. I was also told that they were non-addictive and that they were safe to take long-term, which is not true, especially the benzopidines. I continued to get worse, even with those medications. They basically just helped me to function, to just get by. Um, but they also stole a lot of my personality. I was like a zombie. I was wired during the day on Adderall, and then I would just crash at night. Um, and even with the Ambien, I was still having trouble sleeping, always. Um, I never thought there would be a day that I could just lay my head on the pillow and fall asleep. Um, and then right at the end, or right after high school, it was right after high school, I was outside taking a walk and I felt like I was having a heart attack. And I was rushed to the emergency room and that's when I was diagnosed with costochondritis, which is inflammation of the chest tissue um, and degenerative disc. Um, and they gave me a bunch of morphine and they said, just go home and manage your anxiety. I, you know, for, for over 13 years, I was told that all of my issues were due to anxiety but I believe that it was my gut um, that continued to worsen from all of the antibiotics that I took. Um, I started to see a chiropractor who did help. You know, it helped with some of the pain I was feeling. I was in, I went to physical therapy three times with no, um, it, it didn't help at all. It didn't do anything. Um, and, and then after after a while, I, you know, I was taking so many medications. I was taking birth control for cystic acne. I was taking the Adderall at huge doses just to function. Thank goodness I did not take the pain medications that they prescribed me because I felt like a total zombie. Um, but in 2017, right after wisdom tooth removal surgery, um, Actually, it was probably 2016 that this happened. I, I think it was just the last straw of my gut. They prescribed a bunch of opioids and, and antibiotics, and I took them. And maybe a couple weeks, maybe even just one week after that, after I recovered from the surgery, um, I was bedbound. I started having these suffocation attacks where I could not breathe. Um, and my entire body would clench. Like I, my fists would clench so tight that I couldn't unclench them. My, my arms would be clenched to my body. I couldn't breathe. And it was very scary. I didn't feel comfortable sleeping. At, I didn't feel comfortable living alone anymore. Um, I was calling my parents and my boyfriend to come over to massage my body because that's pretty much all that would help me. I didn't know what to do. I was in the emergency room so many times just because I couldn't breathe. And 
each time they told me it was anxiety. It was a panic attack. Um, whether or not it was a panic attack, I don't think it started as that. The problem lies within the central nervous system. And that's what they don't tell you. Um, and a lot of these hospitals and, and doctor's offices is, okay, well, what is the root of this anxiety? Why, why is this happening? I was not working myself up into it. Um, and so that, at that point, I decided I had to get off of these medications because they weren't doing anything for me. And it was obvious that there were big, bigger problems at the root that I needed to uncover. So I used the ketogenic diet. I had already been on a ketogenic diet for over 15 years. I was very familiar with it. I've never eaten the standard American diet. Um, I grew up without much sugar at all. You know, the sugariest thing we had were maybe berries or um, Greek yogurt, you know, and I'm grateful for that. Um, but at this time, I decided, okay, I need to do strict keto to get off of these medications. And and I did, but it was really, really, really hard, especially getting off of the clonazepam. At one point, I was down to like a 16th of a pill and still really struggling. Um, but I was doing about a four to one fat to protein ratio. So that just means very, very high fat ketogenic diet, pretty much what they will um, recommend or prescribe for patients who have epilepsy. And that did help me um, get off the meds, but I was still struggling a ton. And that's when I also started working with functional medicine doctors instead of these traditional doctors. And they uncovered a plethora of autoimmune issues, um, fibromyalgia, central sensitization syndrome, Raynaud's, um, Hashimoto's, hypothyroid, Addison's, and it just went on and on and on. Honestly, it, I continued compiling autoimmune disorders until 2019. Um, with the Hashimoto's and the Addison's, I actually reversed that with the high-fat ketogenic diet. I believe that was the key. Um, so there are a lot of things that I have reversed when I later on went to carnivore, a more carnivorous ketogenic lifestyle. But I will say I, those were reversed right in the beginning, doing that ketogenic four to one fat to protein. Um, and so to wrap this up, I continued to get sick, continued to work with autoimmune doctors. And I came to the point where they said, we, you know, we, can't figure this out. I was diagnosed with chronic Lyme disease as well. I worked with those doctors and I actually walked out, you know, after a couple of weeks of it, because it was like, you're already asking me, you're asking probably about a million dollars from me after a couple of weeks, um, saying that I needed to do all these treatments that were thousands of dollars out of pocket every day. Um, that's just not sustainable. That's not sustainable, and I did not have peace about it, so I just walked away. Um, I did receive ozone therapy for Lyme in New York City. Um, I had someone help me out with that, which was very, very kind, but it didn't do anything, um, nothing that I could notice, and I continued to suffer. So 
Um, then my doctor, my functional medicine doctor said, I want you to go to um, the multi-specialist unit at this hospital because there are just so many different things going on and we can't, we can't seem to pinpoint or connect the dots. And so that's what I did. And she told me to check into the emergency room. And um, when they asked, when they ask you at the front desk of the emergency room, are you having any thoughts of harming yourself? Um, I decided to use a playful choice of words. And I said, well, yes and no, because I have autoimmune disease and essentially my body is attacking itself. And they did not think that was funny. Um, they sent me to the psych ward in the basement of the hospital. I was in a rubber room for an entire day. Um, then I was sent to the crisis unit. Then I was sent to the trauma. I was held in the trauma unit. Um, and they just kept holding me there. And my mom was like, what? Like, this is crazy. And um, thank goodness she was staying there with me, but she couldn't even be with me for half the time. And it turns out that one of the nurses in the trauma unit was petitioning with other doctors to send me to the eating disorder unit because I shared with her that I was on a ketogenic diet and I was severely underweight. Um, so she decided that I had an eating disorder. And so I was sent to the eating disorder unit. Um, I said, I do not belong here. I have autoimmune disease. And I was forced for an entire month to stay there and be treated there um, in the acute eating disorder unit. And that was a very traumatizing experience. Um, we were eating six times per day. I was eating so many apples. Oh my goodness, it makes me go cross-eyed thinking about how many apples I was eating. And um, I did not use the restroom for an entire month. I felt horrible. And my family kept me in there because they didn't know what to think. I was severely underweight. And it was not just because I was on a ketogenic diet. I was eating more than enough. At one point, I was actually eating 6,000 calories because I was losing so much weight and I wanted to be sure I was eating enough. So I came up with a dairy-free keto ice cream recipe. Um, you know, just what is the e easiest way for me to eat enough? But I kept losing weight. No one knew that what that was about. Um, so my family, all they could do was just believe what the doctors are saying, which is don't believe anything your daughter says because she has an eating disorder and we need to help her. Um, and the truth is that I was in an acute, I was in an acute setting place. Like I needed help. Um, so I really regret that I, uh, you know, I hate that I had to go through that, but I learned so much through it also. Um, that's when my faith really, really grew a lot. And it was very hard on me and my family. Even when I got out of there, they still thought I had an eating disorder and I just continued to work with my autoimmune doctors. Um, my labs were way worse when I got out of there. That was the first time that I ever experienced the keto rash um, when I started it again, coming out of the eating disorder unit. Um, so that tells me that it's definitely a detoxing thing. I think it has a lot to do with oxalate um, for anyone who wants to look into that. But um, so yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> and finally, a couple months after I got out of the eating disorder unit, I lost all of that weight again. It was flying off of me. And finally, so 
someone tested me for C. diff. Um, C. diff is a bad bacteria that takes over the good bacteria in your gut. And I tested positive for it. <clears throat> so that was a relief because it's like, okay, I'm not going crazy. Um, I had to go through 13 rounds of antibiotics and I still had this C. diff infection. So at that point, I was approved for a fecal transplant. <clears throat> and I did that and I still had it. So I was approved for another fecal transplant. Um, and all of these were a lot of money out of pocket as well. So this was really, really hard. I had multiple GoFundMes and um, it was traumatizing. I was prohibited to work. I was way too sick to work. I shouldn't have been driving half the time. Um, the C. diff went away after the second fecal transplant. And then about a month later, it came back. And I think I can, I mean, I can recall the day that I think it came back. I could tell, I felt different. Um, it's very, it's very prominent. And um, so I had a third fecal transplant and it still stayed. So I was told at that point that the C. diff had seeded in my gut and that I needed to be hooked up to a feeding tube and to remove my colon. And it was at that point that I, um, that I broke down and I knew that I had to change something. Um, I kind of skipped a bit to that last part. Basically, I had moved from my home to a brand new state. I met someone on eHarmony and I said, look, these are my circumstances. I want to meet someone because I have been told that I probably won't live past 30 years old by multiple doctors. And I was very, you know, I was transparent about everything. And I just picked up everything I had and I moved here with him. And um, it turned out to be an abusive relationship. And um, that was really hard. So that just added on to everything I was going through. And I had to find a place to live. And, um, by the grace of God, truly, I was able to get into a safe place to start healing. Um, and that was right after that last emergency room visit when they told me I had to remove my colon. And at that point, I had already been struggling with binge eating. So I was 69 pounds at my last recorded weight, and I'm sure positive that I was lighter than that last recorded weight at many points. I was very, very scared for my life. I was not in contact with my family because they thought that I had an eating disorder and that I was just manipulative. And um, and here I was living in a new state in, a, in an abusive relationship and I was struggling so much. Um, I just wanted to gain weight to be accepted and to be normal and to live my life. So every time I saw myself in the mirror, I was majorly triggered and I would literally set myself up to binge, um, to eat as much as possible while trying to keep it down. Um, but what I didn't even realize for a long time is that I had ulcerative colitis and I was involuntarily throwing up. And that started up maybe the last couple of months that I really struggled with all of this. And that was terrifying. Um, I just thought that it was my destiny to just die. <laughs> um, it was really scary. So in that hospital room, that's when I was very convicted and I realized, yes, keto is an amazing tool. It's helped me with so much, but maybe it's not the right thing for me now because I had made it so hyper palatable. I was addicted to all these foods. Um, you can have food addiction no matter how you eat. It's, you know, 
And it just goes to show we have to be responsible. Our behavior is just as important. Um, and certainly it's so much easier without carbs. But many of the keto foods are very chemically manipulated and um, they're made to be addictive. And it was really doing me a disservice. So um, I surrendered that in that emergency room. And that's when I started the carnivore diet, but in a way that was more flexible um, instead of what ha everyone had told me from the Facebook groups and many places, Reddit, you know, everyone just said, you just need to eat beef, salt, and water for 30 days. And I tried that eight times and I failed every time. I couldn't do it. I felt worse. Um, I felt restricted. And I was just like, this isn't for me. You know, I gave it my best shot. But this last time I just decided uh, I'm just going to use my critical thinking, you know, like um, I don't have to do what everyone is telling me to do. I understand the mechanisms behind it. You know, it's removing the anti-nutrients in some of these plant foods. So I spoke with the dietitian in the hospital um, and I said, look, you've got to, I told her all of this. I told her my life story and I said, please let me eat only meat. And she gave me permission and she said, that's fine. Throw away the tray that they're sending up. I'll put you in touch with the chef of the kitchen. And I was ordering multiple entrees of meat, hard boiled eggs and butter. And I started that and immediately, same day, my blood sugar stabilized. No more glucagon shots, no more hypoglycemia. Um, the involuntarily involuntary throwing up stopped next day and I was able to gain four pounds in one week in the emergency room um, where I was at the point where the doctor was saying you're so stable we literally can't hold you any here anymore we can't tell insurance anything you're fine oh are you are you I'm sorry there? oh that's okay um so she told me, go home and continue your weird all-meat diet. And that's what I did. And I have made steady progress since then. Um, so now I have overcome over 10 autoimmune diseases, chronic Lyme disease, chronic C. diff. Every single mood disorder is gone. My energy is better than it has ever been. Um, I feel better than I've ever felt. I'm stronger than I've ever been. I've gained uh, I gained a total of 65 healthy pounds, and then I dropped, like, 10 pounds, so I leveled out, um, and and that's my story. <laughs> that's my testimony. God is so good, and um, I, I don't, you know, I am at the point where my gut has healed, and I do tolerate other foods, and I do eat them sometimes, but something I don't think I'll ever do is go back to eating carbs. Um I mean, like carbs, carbs. Like I can't see myself eating rice or sweet potatoes because because of my history of binge eating and um, malnourishment, I crave protein and I crave fat. So and that's what I feel best with. So why do you think that you ended up with so many health struggles? Like where do you think that that came from for you? Um, I think part of it is genetic. Uh, I will say that. A lot of my family, I mean, we have, there's definitely some genetic component there. 
um, but we still have epigenetics. You know, that's the awesome thing about keto is you can override the genetics genetics that you've been dealt. But I I think that due to the antibiotics growing up, like I said, I was getting sick all the time and I was always on antibiotics. Um, and I think it just destroyed my gut. Um, I also think that trauma has something to do with it. So my family moved. I think I think we've moved total of eight times. Um, and that was at a young age. You know, I left my childhood roots in sixth grade. Um, and I remember the day we moved, I started my period. It was the worst day ever. And it was traumatizing for me. I was in and out of different schools. I lived in a hotel for some time. It was really hard. Um, yeah. And then for all of those years, and even now, um, as you had been working on your health and maybe not seeing progress or regressing or all this time, how did you even get through that? Like, what, what was your attitude like and what did you think? Um, for, to be honest, for a long time, I didn't think that, I just thought it was normal to have I always had digestion issues. I was always getting constipated. I remember my mom would say, just drink water. <laughs> it would help sometimes, but I was always in pain. Um, like I said, getting pulled out of recess. I just, I didn't know what to think. Also, um, <clears throat> my older sister, <clears throat> excuse me, my older sister has epilepsy. Um, and she, you know, she was having grand mal seizures and so my entire life, I've I've been surrounded by things that are seemingly worse than what I was going through. So I didn't really see any point of talking about what I was going through because I didn't think it was I didn't think it mattered enough. Um, I hated I hated seeing that. And my dad also was dealing with chronic pain, and I just felt like, okay, I'm gonna be the one to soldier up and take care of my family. Um, and that's what I wanted to do from a very young age. I decided that, um, probably actually sixth grade and yeah, I just felt like it was my duty to take care of them. And I also felt like none of this stuff is even worth talking about. Um, and they didn't make me feel that way to be clear. It's, it was just my own, um, perception of the, the set of circumstances. So I think that has a lot to do with it. Sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So switching gears a little bit here, um, we have a lot of people that listen to this podcast who either um, haven't really started in on a big health journey and they are um, just kind of dipping their toes in the water or um, looking for something to help them. And we also have a lot of people who have been doing keto for a while, but continue to have health problems. So what kind of suggestions would you have for somebody who has some health issues or knows that something is wrong and they don't even know where to start? And they're already doing keto? Yeah. Um, I would say to consider the carnivore diet. And by that, I mean just do some research. Um, why is it so helpful for so many people? Well, it's an elimination diet. So there might be something that you're consuming that still has anti-nutrients, which was the case for me. 
the anti-nutrients were preventing me from absorbing the nutrition that I needed to not only function, but also to heal my gut. Um, a lot of the fats like coconut oil and avocado oil and olive oil, I'm not saying that they're bad, but they do contain things that they contain salicylates, which can be irritating to the gut. They also do not contain your fat-soluble vitamins like animal fats do. And that's just one of the many, many key things that go into healing if you have gut issues. Um, and then, you know, there are many plants, so-called superfoods, that have very high oxalate content, spinach, cinnamon, turmeric, sweet potato. Um, and that was like baby spinach. Like that was my diet <laughs> for a long time. Um, and again, I'm not saying that these things are bad. They're really not. But if you're still struggling, these do play, oxalates play a role into your physical health, your mental health, everything. Um, and also assess your behaviors. Um, so like I mentioned before, your relationship with food can be in a bad place regardless of what you're eating. You know, that's not the only solution is changing what you're eating. It's actually assessing your, your lifestyle and your behaviors and your habits and the way that we think and the way that we speak. And that is, that is a great part of my, my own healing journey. And, um, and that's something that we all need to be responsible for. So I would, I would just start by doing research and considering the anti-nutrients that are in plants, not to say that you'll never eat them again, but to say, hey, maybe I should try some sort of elimination. Sure. And then is there anything else that you do or that you would suggest for people other than what they're eating to help improve their life and their good health and just to feel good? Like, do you take supplements? Do you exercise? Do you do other kinds yeah. of therapies? Or what, what else do you do? As far as supplements, I really, I try to make it a goal to let food be medicine. Um, instead of, I used to take like 25 capsules every single day. Um, and I, now I don't take anything except for NMN, which is it's just a nootropic. It's not necessary. Um, but things that really have helped me, sauna. I do sauna every day. Um, with detoxification, it helps. But I don't think even detoxification will work properly until you get your nutrition right to suit your own bio-individual needs to really support your central nervous system, your immune system, your hormones. That's when your detoxification pathways start to work. And that's when sauna becomes really beneficial, in my opinion. Um, but it also helps to reset your circadian rhythm. So regulate your stress hormones, your sleep and wake cycle. Um, and is it an infrared sauna or what kind of is. sauna? Okay. Well, I started out actually with one of the portable saunas that you can get on Amazon for like 200 bucks. Um, that thing will work. You'll work up a sweat for sure. And some of them are infrared. Um but I switched to sauna space. That's what I have now. And I have a discount code because I love it so much. I was oh, like, I've got to help people with this. Yeah. Um, what is the code? Um, my code is Rebecca five, I believe for 5% okay. off, but all my discounts and stuff are linked um, in my bio. If anyone wants to find me. Oh, perfect. Um, but I love, I love this company and it is infrared and, um, and red light. 
So, and it comes with a bamboo grounding mat, which is really cool. It actually plugs in and I think it's emitting elect electromagnetic frequencies. Um, but I am in, I'm actually in here right now. <laughs> I'm in my sauna right now. And it's big enough that two people can fit in here. I can stand up in here, but it's also just in the corner of my living room. It doesn't take up a lot of space. You don't need any nails or anything to put it together. Wow. Um, and I love it. I am in love with it. This is where I have my quiet time and um, it's, it's wonderful. And then I will follow this up with cold showers. So basically temperature, just using temperature as, creating a eustress which is a good stress so we have bad stress and then we have eustress eustress is a good stress that we place on our bodies voluntarily and it helps us to become more resilient to actual stress if that makes sense yeah. so cold showers were the first thing that i started doing when i was in that abusive relationship right when i got back from the hospital i started taking cold showers and that paired with getting my nutrition right I was so much more mentally resilient. I was no longer in this victimhood place. Um, and also God plays a large role in, you know, number one for sure. But um, so, yeah, that's something anyone can do is take cold showers. It doesn't have to be ice cold. You don't have to sit in an ice bath. Just turn it down for the last 10 seconds and work your way up. Um, and this increases, um, it can boost your thyroid hormone it it does a lot of chemical therapy, um, for lack of a better term, but it's pretty awesome. Um, I like to do vibration. So I have a vib vibration plate that you just stand on. That's really nice, um, especially for anyone that's dealing with pain and you have a hard time moving around or even doing yoga to stretch out your muscles. Standing on a vibration plate is really, really good. It helps to move that lymph or you could just bounce on a trampoline lightly. Um, let's see. Essential oils are awesome. I love using um, oils just as diffusing, but also internally they have some really cool properties. Um, exercise. I exercise every day, but I'm not saying that you have to. Um, for me, exercise is my playtime. It's my therapy. And I was not able to exercise my entire life. And so now it's like, I, I have the energy to do it. I want to do it. I am voluntarily doing high intensity exercise probably too many times per week. So what kind um, of exercise do you do? I love lifting heavy. So I started lifting heavy because I wanted to gain weight. I knew that I had to back off on the cardio and provide that stimulus for my muscle to grow. Mm -hmm. um, I was not eating at a massive surplus. That is, that's a myth that I think is kind of floating around that you have to be in this huge surplus to gain weight. Um, it's more about giving your body that stimulus to grow paired with enough, the proper foundation. So I was just eating enough and I started to lift and I started with just my own body weight. So um, lifting is relative to where you're at. At one point I couldn't hold my own head up. So I just started with body weight and I did that for months and um, then my chiropractor kind of cleared me to go to the gym and start using machines. And then um, one day in last year, 2020, I stepped up to the squat rack and I was like, man, I've always been intimidated by this, but I just want to try it. And I have literally done it every single day since then, <laughs> except for some rest days. 
Um, so that's what I love to do. But it's really about finding what you enjoy. I also love walking, and I'll go for long walks with my girlfriend, just being out in nature, and um, I do some yoga and Pilates. But, um, yeah, I love to lift heavy. And I think a lot of it comes from the fact that I was, I was so tiny. I was so small for a long time, mm-hmm. and I had such a hard time gaining weight, and I feel great. The more muscle I have on my body, the better I feel. Um, I like being strong. I like being able to, you know, lift up my niece when I visit home. I like being able to carry heavy boxes in instead of asking the UPS guy to carry them into my house. Yeah. (laughs) It's very empowering. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I totally get that. And then when it comes to your diet, do you go for like any quality of food or do you choose specific quality of meat? Like, do you go for grass-fed beef or like, what is your perspective there? I think it is important. Um, For me, personally speaking, it is totally important. Um, For some people, it doesn't matter as much. So I have almost always done grass-fed unless it's a very lean meat I will do grass-fed. So ruminant animals store their toxins in their fat. So if I'm going to eat something conventional, I'm not really worried about eating pure protein. It's the fat. So I wouldn't go and get conventional fatty pork belly from the local Spanish shop. I don't feel okay with that. Mm -hmm. Um, And beyond that, I was even spending a lot of money on some other well-known pasteurized, grass-fed, meat companies and I was still doing poorly and I discovered this company called Billy Doe Meats um, 40 minutes away from me in Hoffman Estates, Illinois and I reached out to them just because I was looking for a local farmer Um, and I shared a bit about what I was going through and they sent me some meat um, for free and they just said you know we just really want to encourage you and we just want you to try it out for free this time this first time and Um, they just really, they are so genuine. It's a family owned company and this is the best meat I've ever eaten. So what sets them apart is that it's, it's halal. So the animals are holistically raised and they are slaughtered with dignity. This means that they don't experience stress. They live the happiest life that they can live. This is very important to me. Um, a lot of people, Well, some people think that it's very cruel to eat animals, Um, but honestly, I've never had more respect for the life that lived and gratitude, Um, and it makes me very happy to be able to support farmers who make that happen to provide a proper life for that animal, but um, the fact that they haven't experienced stress and the way that they handle the meat, everything everything you get from them was alive like 24 hours ago. It's extremely fresh. They do not age anything. Aging is not a part of their process at all, which is also very rare and helpful for people who have histamine intolerance. Um, Beyond that, lamb, goat, and veal have very high amounts of stearic acid and the type of fat that I would like versus polyunsaturated fats found in chicken and pork. Um, That's a rabbit hole that I won't go down, but My answer is yes. I am very particular because I've been very sensitive and I even tested some conventional uh, ribeye from Costco last year. And right after I ate it, I was wiped out. I went to bed at like 6 p.m. And the next morning my eyes were so swollen. They were like 
was swollen shut. So I clearly had a reaction and um, I did have like ribeye at a restaurant since then and I did fine with it and it was not grass fed, but I still don't feel optimal when I eat that way. So my answer is do what you can afford. <clears throat> if you can't afford grass fed, that's okay. Um, but maybe keep in mind that, you know, animals store their toxins in the fat. So if you're on a budget and you're doing more conventional, maybe get your fat from other sources. You can buy, um, you know, just grass-fed animal fat and then pair it with that conventional mm -hmm. protein or don't worry about it as much. Some people really don't, it does not affect. I think Michaela Peterson, um, she does okay with it. It's fattier. Conventional meat is fattier. So <clears throat> it's very individual, but me personally, it's very important. Yeah, I'm the same way. I, I have to take meat quality super, super seriously for myself, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then what kind of suggestions would you have for people that are doing carnivore and they have been doing it for, let's say, at least three months and they're still having bloating or other kinds of digestive issues? Um, don't consume rendered fat. Rendered fat is cooked fat. And I think a lot of people are doing that still. Um, so and then, hold on a ahead. second. So can you explain, like give some examples of what rendered fat when you When you make ground beef in a pan and that grease, there's grease at the bottom of the pan, that's rendered fat. If you put a piece of butter on your steak and then it starts to melt, that's rendered fat. If you make homemade bone broth and there's a bunch of oil floating around in it, that's rendered fat. <clears throat> we, so essentially what happens when you eat rendered fat is it's entering your gallbladder at a rate that your liver can't produce enough bile to break it down. So it's like pouring water into a Brita filter without a filter. It goes straight through you to your gut. One, you're not able to actually assimilate the fat and use it for fuel. <clears throat> and then two, it can make you very nauseous, give you diarrhea, heart palpitations, or vomiting. Um, and everyone has a different tolerance for rendered fat. And I, to be completely honest, I have hit my tolerance and gone beyond it even still this year. And I'll just wake up in the middle of the night and vomit. And it's like, crap, I had too much rendered fat. Um, so, yeah, I think that happens with a lot of people. And they're like, I just feel so sick. Sure. Um, I can't eat anymore. And it's like, you've got to eat your fat raw, which is a really strange idea. But I'm, I promise you, it'll change a lot. Um, that's my, one of my number one tips. Seriously. Okay. Yeah, um, I haven't heard a lot of people give that suggestion. So that is no. like really. Yeah, helpful. people are drinking fat. Yeah. 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 And even with butter, um, I yep. haven't really heard people talk about that. So I'm glad that you mentioned that for sure. Yeah. Um, another one is if you're still bloated, then there might be an underlying candida or, you know, bad bacteria infection, um, bad bacteria going on in your gut that has not been inoculated by removing sugar. Um, and this is very common. Candida can hide. It can hide and be dormant for years. Um, and then it will come out for whatever reason. Um, <clears throat> so I actually have worked with many people who are like, I've been doing this for 19 years and my blood sugars are still high and my gut is still bloated. And it's like, well, there's a right and a wrong way to do everything. You've got to look at the hormones and the state of your gut. Um, so that's when I would recommend coming in with um, 
some sort of protocol to inoculate the yeast infection. <clears throat> it looks different depending on the person, but that could be going on still too. Um, sometimes if you're overeating protein for your own needs, it can bloat you. And I would suggest digestive enzymes at that point to see if it makes a difference. Um, so those are just a couple of things off the top of my head. Okay, well, that's super helpful. And then as we start to wrap this up for today, is there anything else that you just wanted to bring up or mention or share with anybody? Oh, honestly, my, my message that I would like my message to be is there is hope. Um, for anyone who feels like, man, I've just tried everything under the sun. I don't have any, I don't have any motivation. I don't have it in me. No one understands me. There is hope. You're not alone. There's actually a really great community. The keto and carnivore community are awesome. Seriously. Um, it's like, they're like my family. And um, whatever you're going through, whether it be mental or physical or spiritual, there is hope. You were created with a purpose. And um, I think that you should reach out, but definitely don't give up, you know, don't settle. Um, don't settle. Like I, I never thought that I would feel this good. I never thought that I would wake up at 5:30 without an alarm clock. You know, like I thought that that was for crazy people. Um, your body has an incredible ability to heal when you remove the interference and provide the proper foundation. So that's just something to think about. Well, thank you so much. And can you tell us where we can find more of you and get in touch? Yeah, so I am on Instagram at Tailored Keto Health. Um, and then my website is also tailoredketo.health. And that's where I'm most active, but my email is also linked in there. Um, you can contact me through my website. I am on Facebook at Tailored Keto Health. Um, and I, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here to help anyone who needs the help. Um, that's what I do, and it's, it's a true pleasure to be able to walk alongside other people to help them out. So that's where you can find me. I would just go to the Instagram. It links you to everything. <laughs> okay, great. Well, I will put all that in the show notes so everybody can find you. And I'm just so grateful for you coming on today, Rebecca. This has been fascinating and enlightening and very um, inspirational for me. So thank you again. I appreciate you so much. My pleasure. Well, that was just so much fun. I can't even believe how generous Rebecca was with sharing her story, sharing all of those tips with us, and giving us her time today. And I'm just so grateful. That was really a highlight of this podcast for me, and I'm hoping it is for you too. Now, don't forget to go on to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen, and rate and review this show. We just got a fabulous review from TT Pot on Apple Podcasts, and this person said, Welcome back. Was sad that you left, but happy for your outcome. You keep up the good work of teaching us the healthy and different ways of eating and eliminating the bad. So happy you're back. That is just so nice. I'm so grateful for you, um, TT Pot. What a fun name for writing that review. And anybody else who has been enjoying this show or getting something out of it, you can thank me by also rating and reviewing. And that's all for now. I will catch you all in a week. Thank you.